Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The They're All Very Troubled, But Just How Troubled Are They edition. Oh my God. <laughs> I think you just described all of my favorite shows yes. in the world. Yeah. And, and, um, <laughs> And I don't know people. Yeah, yeah. I I love a troubled person. Yeah, who who? Yeah, Tra- yeah. I have to know more. I'm glad you brought up shows and entertainment because oh, uh, that's right. Today's episode zero seventy five. The most realistic <gasps> movie p- psychopaths, according to psychiatrists. Oh my god! I'm so excited! <laughs> oh, oh. This is, I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. We're going to go, we're, we're doing a deep dive into psychopathy and psychopathic characteristics today, so. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder who we're going to talk about. I love a fictional psychopath. Yeah. I love a movie psychopath. Mm-hmm. I love all of the movie psychopaths. <laughs> They're... Well done, movies. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, it, it, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the absolutely stoked Marissa Riley. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I am pumped. And if you are pumped, too, then I am sorry that uh, you have childhood trauma as well. <laughs> but here we are. We made it. And we're going to talk about psychopaths. That's right. And just smiling ear to ear yeah. while doing it. <laughs> like it's Christmas morning. This is ridiculous. Yeah. When I came across this this info, it felt like Christmas Day for me. It was so much fun just to break it all down and just just write this episode. It was incredible to I, do. And just like a just like a pulling back the curtain moment, I I have the pleasure of watching Jill research and I I try to sneak a peek every once in a mm-hmm. while she at uh, what she's working on. <laughs> And she usually doesn't let me, but I did see her pull out a DSM yep. uh, one day, and now I know why. I've been, yeah. like, waiting for her to pull out <laughs> that info, and so I'm just pumped. Yeah, it was on our kitchen table and uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, you're, you're going to find out why. I had to pull out the old DSM, and w- we'll get yeah. into what that is if, if you don't know what that is. Once you learn, <laughs> you're going to be like, I really want one, because they're fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the flock. Welcome. As you can tell, uh, Dr. Riley here comes in cold and she learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I really had no idea what we were going to talk about. All I knew was that at some point, uh, Jill was going to talk about the amazing contents of the DSM at some point. And That's I was right. like, oh my God, <laughs> mental illness. It's so fun. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I guess we should begin. We absolutely should. All right. Today, we're going to take a look-see at some infamous fictional characters that have haunted our dreams and scared the bejesus out of generations of movie lovers. Cinema has had a long love affair with depicting psychopaths and boy howdy. Audiences binge, download, and line up to watch every minute of it. Yeah, we do. That's right. But one psychiatrist was like, hold up. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Just how accurate is all of this represent- representation? Uh, what's exaggerated? What's understated? Yeah. Which characters are spot on and which are fucking ridiculous, but you still don't want to be anywhere near them because their khakis creep you out? Oh, khakis are creepy. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm happy to say that psychiatrist was Belgian philosopher, a uh, philosopher, professor, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Belgian, Belgian professor, Samuel Listet. Nailed it. And several uh, uh, other 
psychiatrists as well. They did all the hard work for us. Amazing. But before we get into their analysis of terrifying movie characters and reveal who is the spitting image of psychopathy, we must first ask, what the fuck is a psychopath exactly, and how many are there in the general population at any given time? I am so excited we're going to (laughs) explore the exact definition of this, because I think I know the definition, but I've never really spent a moment looking it up. I'm just like, uh... I just keep throwing out the the word, and I should probably honor it a little more. I was like, he's a psychopath. They're a psychopath. That dog's a psychopath. (laughs) Our neighbor has a new dog, and uh, it's making itself known. So if you hear a little yapping, that's our our third (laughs) co-host. I feel like we should give the dog a name at some point, just so we can stop referencing it as the dog. (laughs) Yeah, we'll give it a name. Yeah, sounds we'll good. Gi- we'll give it one of the um, fictional characters. That would name. actually make me feel yeah. a lot better. Yes, yeah. okay. let's do it. <laughs> right. Okay, so to answer these questions, let's begin by cracking open a book I routinely seek for solace and wisdom. It's a compass for the soul, if you will. A book where nearly all of life's weighty questions and problematic riddles are approached with dignity and clarity. Amazing. Now, move over, Bible. I'm talking about the DSM-5. Yes! DSM? (laughs) Now, if any members of the flock out there have taken a psychology class or if you're into true crime, you probably have an idea about what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Our good friend, the DSM-5, is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Giving it a round of applause. Good. Yes. I, I really think this is interesting. And yeah, I just think it's fascinating that we have one in the house. So. Yes. Absolutely. Sure. Back before we lived together, yeah. my DSM was on my coffee table. So <laughs> rather than in the bookshelf where it I is do now. remember yeah. that. Um, <laughs> yep. That's right. It was there. I, yep. I never thought twice about it. <laughs> So, uh, yes, my friends, uh, oh, I should, let me point out that it's published by the American Psychiatric Association, the, uh, APA. Uh, this book is 987 pages of fun. That's, that's a Harry Potter book of fun. That's a, it's a lot. Uh, so there are that many pages because human beings are complicated and this book is revised over and over to create, quote, an authoritative volume that defines and clarifies mental disorders in order to improve diagnosis, treatment, and research, end quote, from the psychiatry.org. Amazing. So it's literally a handbook that breaks down what criteria needs to be present for a diagnosis to be made and recommends what medications or interventions can be implemented for recovery to get going, basically. That's fair. Something I've always wanted to do is look up like a really old one and see like how oh, things yeah. have changed. I don't know when the first one came out, but it uh, I can imagine a lot of it is a lot has changed. Uh, very different than yes. what we <laughs> what we interpret as mental yeah. illness now. Oh yeah, big time. Big yeah. differences from the 60s, 70s, yeah, yeah. 80s, my god. So, it's used nearly By fucking everyone, mostly in the United States, uh, by clinicians, researchers, psychiatric drug regulation agencies, health insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, the legal system, and policymakers, and of course, by podcasters. Hell yeah! (laughs) Yes, we do! So, here's the tricky bit, though. 
Although no psychiatric or psychological organization has sanctioned an official diagnosis called psychopath or mm. psychopathy, psychopathic characteristics certainly exist. Put a pin in that. Okay, we'll do. And they can be used as criteria to diagnose an actual disorder called antisocial personality disorder or ASPD. That um, comes up a lot uh, whenever I Wikipedia serial killers. <laughs> yeah. I see that a lot. Yeah. Heard it a lot in some documentaries. Um, yeah, very familiar term. There you go. So, Dr. Marissa, if you would, please give us a quick summary of what that is, ASPD, and what we can look for in ourselves and others. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, here we go. Get ready to look at yourself. All right. <laughs> Uh, quote, antisocial personality disorder is a personality disorder characterized by a long-term pattern of disregard for or violation of the rights of others, as well as a difficulty sustaining long-term relationships. Interesting. A weak or non-existent conscience is often apparent, as well as a history of rule-breaking that can sometimes lead to law-breaking, a tendency towards substance abuse, and impulsive and aggressive behavior. Antisocial behaviors often have their onset before the age of eight, <laughs> and in nearly 80% of ASPD cases, the subject will develop their first symptoms by age 11. Shit, this starts very early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Um, the prevalence of ASPD peaks in people age 24 to 44 years old and often decreases in people age 45 to 64 years. In the United States, the rate of antisocial personality disorder in the general population is estimated between 0.5 and 3.5%. End quote. That's actually a lot higher than I thought it would Ooh, be. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's a lot. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, just for perspective, 3.5%, that's around like 10 and a half million Americans. <laughs> so that's so that, so you might know someone yeah i might know someone yes our listeners might be someone that's right oh my gosh if you i'm I, wow i was about to say if you have this <laughs> dm us let us know how it's going um you don't have to do that but yeah wow also yeah. i think it's so interesting it 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 starts so early but then it decreases yeah after a certain age. That is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your brain changes. Hormones change. Situations change. Who knows? That's well, Look at that. There you go. Wow. Yeah, again, for perspective, 3.5% would be about the entire population of New York City and a little more. So if that... What if it was all us? <laughs> We're in New York, by the way. Like, what yeah. if it was just us? Everyone in New York. That's why I feel so comfortable here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if safe is the word, but I do feel... I can be myself. That's right. Welcome home. That's right. Yeah, good to be here. <laughs> so, now, if you're wondering if there's a scale of sorts to gauge psychopathic characteristics to help diagnose ASPD, you're in luck. Oh, thank God. That's right. The aptly named Psychopathy Checklist Revised, or PCLR, is the gold standard used by experts, uh, including forensic psychologists and FBI profilers in assessing the degree of psychopathy in all of us. 
we'll look at that. <laughs> That's right. I feel like I wish this was um they made it into like a remember BuzzFeed quizzes? If <laughs> <laughs> they made the the <laughs> PCLR <laughs> yeah. On BuzzFeed. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it practically is. <laughs> it's it's practically a checklist, yeah, actually. It's, and it's called, can you name all of the Kardashians? And then if if you answer right to all those, <laughs> then you, you're, you're, uh, you have it. You got a problem? I, I, <laughs> it's a, me. A switch um, of a problem? I can do that. Yeah, I have that problem. So. <laughs> no judgment to your... Kardashian knowledge. Thank you. Okay. Don't judge me. I am a person. <laughs> Luckily, it's not on this particular checklist, but yet we should take turns reading what's on that checklist. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Please. So before we begin, my friends, just imagine you are arrested by the FBI and you're in a room with a psychologist or some expert with a clipboard and they're asking you questions, getting to know you. They want you to open up because they're looking for certain traits and behaviors that we're going to get into real soon. Amazing. But but first, you should know there's a checklist on that clipboard, and every item is on it is rated on a three-point scale. Okay, okay. Uh, it's given a zero, one, or two. Zero uh, if it does not apply at all. One if there's a partial match, or two if there is a reasonably good match to it. Okay, that's pretty easy to digest. Yeah, we have yeah. we've talked about a lot of undigestible numbers on this <laughs> yes. podcast, and this is this is something I can handle. This is surprisingly the easiest. <laughs> Zero, to the other. one, and or two. two. I got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, Dr. Marissa, are you ready to read off this list? I am beyond ready. Okay, take it away, please. Uh, our source is from psychologytoday.com, the article called Psychopathy, a Clinical Diagnosis by Scott A. Bon, PhD. Fuck yeah, I can't wait. All right, let's do it. Uh, Quote, the PCLR developed by Robert Hare, a prominent researcher in the field of criminal psychology, attempts to measure a distinct cluster of personality traits and socially deviant behaviors, which fall into four categories, interpersonal, affective, lifestyle, and antisocial. The interpersonal traits include superficial charm, grandiosity, Mm. pathological lying, Mm -hmm. and manipulation of others. (laughs) We all know someone. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The affective traits include a lack of remorse and or guilt, shallow effect, lack of empathy, and failure to accept responsibility. I, I think I can speak for all the listeners when I say we're all thinking of one yes. to five people right yes. now. Yes. Anyways, back to the quote. Uh, the lifestyle behaviors include simulation, stimulation-seeking behavior, impulsivity, irresponsibility, Parasit- parasitic orientation, whoa, and <laughs> a lack of realistic life goals. Holy shit. Antisocial behaviors include poor behavioral controls, early childhood behavior problems, juvenile delinquency, and committing a variety of crimes. This PCLR allows for a maximum overall score of 40. A minimum score of 30 is required in order to designate someone as a psychopath. Wow. End quote. That's right. So the next time you hear a politician talk, for example, look for these characteristics and give each a rating. Uh, Add everything up, and if the total is in the low 30s, according to the PCLR, they qualify as a non-criminal psychopath. Oh, my God. That's right. And if it's around 40, they may just be a criminal psychopath. (gasps) 
She's grabbing her face. Oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to... I should just make, like, a PCLR, like, easy to, to work through, like, PDF. Yeah. That you can just, like, pull up on your phone and just... On, <laughs> on like, a date or something. And you can just be like, so, uh... Would you say you have poor behavioral controls? <laughs> what about early childhood behavior problems? Any juvenile delinquency, committing a variety of crimes, uh, uh, stimulation, seeking behavior? Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> so I know that's like, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, you know, good news. You could actually do an image search for PCLR and you can download it. You really can? Yeah, you can. And it's literally like a checklist, like each of those characteristics or traits is just listed and there's like a little dash next to it so you can put your number. <laughs> so, oh no! Yeah. Well, yeah. good luck out there, everyone. <laughs> yeah, so move over Tinder and Bumble or wherever the fuck is. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you could listen to politicians talk or your date, or you could also watch movies and rate the antagonist. That's what Belgian professor Samuel, Samuel Listed did <laughs> with a it. bunch of his buddies and good news there's a lot more categories of psychopaths too Ooh. Yeah, we're gonna get into it after the break because we're going down the rolodex of cinematic psychos yes we are and we're, and we're gonna reveal which ones deserve the award for most realistic yes stay tuned please do and we're back we are so back we're so back and i assume dr samuel ate a shit ton of popcorn over the course of this study because <gasps> my friends get this he and 10 of his fellow psychiatric friends spent three years watching 400 movies stop it <laughs> yeah. oh i know containing a character described as a psychopath either by moviegoers or as described by the film's synopsis. I have, uh, sorry, before we go forward, I just yeah. have so much respect for that. And that just <laughs> sounds like the funnest three years. Right? What a fun way to spend time with like 10 of your colleagues. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so cool. It's incredible. I'm obsessed. Okay, continue. So according to sciencenews.org, they first, quote, weeded out clearly unrealistic characters, such as those with magic powers. Okay. Or who were invincible. Okay. Or not even humans. Okay. Such as ghosts. <laughs> For some reason they listed not ghosts. <laughs> they were very specific yeah. about that. Uh, that whittled it down to 126 films from 1915 to 2010 when the study began. Holy shit. End quote. So they ended up with 126 characters in total, 105 male and 21 female. Okay. Now, before we get into our winners and honorable mentions, Dr. Marissa, off the top of your head, with your experience dealing with psychopaths, <laughs> what character do you feel is the most realistic psych psychopath? I wouldn't say realistic, but I would say my favorite is at Hannibal Lecter. Ah, yeah. Um, another one, and it's not going to make this case, is um, Villanelle from uh, Killing Eve. I uh -huh. thought I, I, that's not a movie, so it's not going to be in this. But yeah, my first thought is um, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, great choice. And uh, yeah, Villanelle, great character. The actress, her name is escaping me. Jodie Comer. Jodie Comer. Yeah. Round of applause. She does a great job. She killed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are those are the 
Two that float to ah, the top of my Great choices, mind. great choices. So let's cut to the chase. And I think a lot of y'all out there will agree with this. The award for most frighteningly realistic psycho goes to Anton Sheeger. Oh, sorry. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> the hitman with a legendary weapon of choice and equally legendary hairstyle played by the great Heviar Bardem in No Country for Old Men. From 2007. I, I really couldn't agree more. That's yeah. amazing. I, I haven't seen that film in so long, but I completely agree. Yeah. What a psychopath <laughs> yes. in every way, shape, and form. I know. Especially that hair. Oh <laughs> my God. Uh, talk about ruining the bob for us. Yeah, that, Just wow. That should be 25 points right there. Yeah. On the PCLR. Right? Yep. Yes. Yep. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us how did Dr. Samuel come to this decision as reported by Erica Engelhaupt of sciencenews.org. <laughs> uh, nothing would make me happier. All right, quote, uh, this contract killer hauls around a bolt pistol attached to a tank of compressed air, a handy tool both for shooting out door locks and for shooting people in the head. <laughs> uh, Leistet said, uh, says, uh, uh, his favorite is his favorite portrayal of a psychopath. Uh, he does his job and he can sleep without any problems. In my practice, I have met a few people like this. Oh my God. He says in particular, uh, Shiger reminds him of two real life professional hitmen who he interviewed. They were like this cold, smart, no guilt, no anxiety, no depression, end quote. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. He, he, he's almost selling psychopathy <laughs> on me. I, I, I mean, all of it sounds terrible, except for the no uh, anxiety or depression. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want to be a murderer, but amazing. Oh, yeah, he knew. He knew two people. That's great. That's, That's great. Wow. <laughs> wow. So those men and Cheeger uh, can be considered primary and classic idiopathic psychopaths, which means they're deficient in emotion from birth, wow. suggesting a genetic basis. Uh, they are often described as more aggressive and impulsive. So, yeah, yeah. they also score highest on the PCLR, showing low fear, lack of hint lack of inhibition, and lack of empathy. Round of applause. <laughs> That's great. Wow, we are applauding That's... that. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Now, coming in right behind Anton, the hitman, uh, is another murderer, Hans Beckert. Okay. From the movie M in 1931. I haven't seen it, yeah. but I'm already stressed. <laughs> this is a German thriller. Yep, stressed yep. more. Directed by the great Fritz Lang, I haven't seen it either, but knowing Fritz, it's probably fucking fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I looked up Hans, and he's a monstrous child killer. Oh, no! Yeah. According to Listed, uh, he embodies many of the traits now thought of as belonging to a child predator. No! Ugh. Yeah, I know. Needless to say, his character was terrifying for moviegoers at the time, the 1930s. And I would say even today, because, drumroll please, he's so normal passing. Oh, that gives me chills. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate it when that's like part of them is that they're just forgettable everyday people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could be working with one right now. Probably are, yeah. So, ah! 
So Dr. Sam wrote in his study, quote, Beckert as an outward, Beckert as an outwardly unremarkable man tormented by a compulsion to murder children. Oh, Beckert, sorry. I can read. I can read. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Beckert is an outwardly unremarkable man tormented by a compulsion to murder children ritualistically. Oh, no. End quote. And believes uh, he'd be a secondary pseudo-psychopath. Okay. Now, okay. what the fuck is that? Uh, don't worry. I looked that one up, too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> secondary psychopaths uh, have been shaped by their environment. May have, been, may have had an abusive childhood, and are often described as having more fear and anxiety than primary psychopaths. I got it. Uh, and this is defined by forensic psychologist Hughes Hervey Ooh. Nailed and it. psychiatrist Benjamin Karpman. That is so fascinating that I think everyone knows that a, a certain amount of abuse or like a, a certain type of childhood can Mm. Um, create this sort of path. Um, But it's also interesting to learn about the primary type where it's genetic. Yeah. And that doesn't make me feel better at all. No. (laughs) It's fascinating. But I am stressed. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, what about the first self-proclaimed psycho, the psycho of all psychos from the movie, Psycho, Norman Bates? What an amazing sentence. Sorry. (laughs) Well done. Is he a psycho or is there something else at play? Please tell us. I am so excited we're talking about this. This was another um, name that came to Uh, mind because if you say psycho enough times in a row, you're going to think of Norman. That's right. And his mom. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Quote, after the 1957 arrest of real-life serial killer Ed Gein, a case involving cannibalism, necrophilia, and a troubled relationship with his mother, horror films about serial murder took off. Norman Bates was inspired in part by Gein, launching a genre showing misfits with sexual motivations to kill. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying this with so much uh, uh, (laughs) optimism. Uh, This kind of behavior became closely linked to psychopathy, but Gein was more likely psychotic, meaning out of touch with reality. Interesting. Psychosis, which is a completely different diagnosis from psy- uh, psych- psychopathy, psychopathy uh, often involves delusions and hallucinations. And quote, so fascinating. There's so many roads yeah. to serial murder. Yeah. Um, so many roads to serial murder. <laughs> I would just put it on a tote. How are we, how are any of us sleeping at night? This is wild. It's it's really incredible. Yeah. So Norman, not quite a psycho. He has a whole other goddamn problem. Basically, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. So, uh, what about everyone's second favorite doctor, right behind Doctor Marissa? Yeah, I'm talking about the Doctor Hannibal Lecter. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes. Well, this is a little controversial, I think. Oh. Uh, Doctor Sam Listed says. He's too perfect. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a psychopath, yes, but realistically, he's just too damn perfect. He writes, quote, This calm, in-control character type has sophisticated tastes and manners, exceptional skill in killing, and a vain, almost cat-like demeanor. These traits, especially in combination, are generally not present in real psychopaths. 
end quote. So Dr. Lecter is just too good to be true. I agree. He is yeah. too good to be true. I'm obsessed. <laughs> what can we say? He's he's perfect. Okay. A perfect character who's very scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's not forget about the ladies. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> that's right. Catherine Trammell in Basic Instinct. Oh. And Annie Wilkes. Is that our Wilkies? I always said Wilkes. Annie Wilkes? Um, yes, in Misery. That's right. Yes! I love some Annie. You know, give them a round of applause, too. They're total fucking psychopaths. I <laughs> completely agree. I was actually thinking of Misery as well. Yes. And also the Castle Rock Season 2 um, <laughs> moment Oh my God! for Annie, yeah. um, which was amazing, portrayed by Lizzie Kaplan. Highly recommend. Amazing. Yes. Weird show. Amazing second season. Yeah. Um, also weird hair. Amazing. It's, <laughs> what is with the serial killer Bob? She had a very similar haircut yeah. to um, our other friend. Mr. Mr. Anton. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so... Uh, total fucking psychos who Dr. Sam classified as secondary and manipulative psychopaths. So, speaking of manipulative, a uh, special shout out to Gordon Gecko, played by the actor Michael Douglas in Wall Street. Oh, yeah. that's a good, that makes me think of American Psycho now. Did, yeah. Did, are we moving into We're that? Mo- we <gasps> are moving into that genre, if you will. Yes. Yes, yes Dr. Marissa. It. Please tell us about this shit and how characters like him are putting the spotlight on some capitalist members of our society. I would absolutely love to. This is so exciting. Okay, quote, in terms of a, in quotes, successful psychopath, Gordon Gecko from Wall Street, 1987, is probably one of the most interesting, manipulative, (laughs) manipulative, psychopathic fictional characters to date. For the past few years, uh, with the world economic crisis and some high-profile trials, such as the Bernard Madoff trial, the attention of the clinicians is uh, the attention of the clinicians is more focused on successful psychopaths, also called, <laughs> I love this, corporate psychopaths. Yep. <laughs> uh, met a few. Okay. Um, Films and series presenting characters such as brokers, dishonest traders, vicious lawyers, and those engaged in corporate espionage are emerging. Mad Men, uh, e.g. Mad Men, The Wire, and are generally related to the global economy and international business. Again, we see a strong parallelism between what happens in our society and what happens in film. End quote from Dr. Sam's study, Psychopathy and Cinema. I am so glad we brought that up because I, you're immediately you think of the classics mm-hmm. murderers and more murderers <laughs> um right. but yeah i one of the biggest i think i, I would consider a psychopath is john ham in mm-hmm. uh, mad men there you go you know he's not killing but he is yeah. some form of it reckless yeah. Um, lack of empathy, mm-hmm. charming, yep. all the all the things. There you go. Um, and then of course, um, yeah, our not, friend in American Psycho. Yeah, so. not all psychopaths are aggressive. Yeah. Um, we just did an episode on the neuroscientist who discovered he's a psychopath, and he wasn't he wasn't physically aggressive, but he had a lot of traits, and mm-hmm. and his brain <laughs> resembled <sighs> those of 
yeah, psychopaths. So yeah, yeah scroll on back and have a listen to that episode too. It's so good. I swear to God, it's really creepy. So, and because of all of this, Dr. Sam concludes... Films are important, yes, goddammit. they are. They're fun, too. That's right. In his study, he went on to say, fictional characters can be considered valuable for teaching and illustrating several aspects of forensic psychiatry, such as personality disorders, paraphilia, expert witness characteristics, portrayal of the legal system, behaviors of lawyers, and courtroom procedures. Moreover, these movies can be sources of lessons, questions about clinical cases, and lead to discussions between students and faculty members, end quote. So yeah, I I agree with Doctor. I completely agree. I remember my mom at a young age saying, you've seen too many movies every time I brought up murder. And (laughs) I think it's benefited me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We all... We all have a gut PCLR in us. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. And we listen to it. Yeah. We were watching um, The Human Centipede. <laughs> Am I allowed to talk about this? Let's we watched it. The Human Centipede for a different podcast, and we saw two girls like aimlessly wander into this guy's house, and we were like, that would nope. never happen today nope. because we all know about murder a little too much. That's right. So, yeah, keep watching those movies. Yeah. And that doctor, by the way. Also, total psychopath. Total psychopath. Yeah. He sewed a bunch of people together <laughs> and loved it That's and kissed true. a mirror. Yeah. And a lot of other stuff, and too. And a lot of other <laughs> stuff, too. So, so, yeah, let's all go to the movies or sit on the couch and stream something. You never know what new psychopath can teach us something. Fuck yeah. The end. Yes. Woo, what a ride. That was an amazing ride. <laughs> My face hurts from smiling. <laughs> Uh, yes, I hope everyone is in a little bit of pain. And um, <laughs> thank you for subscribing, rating, telling your friends about what <clears throat> excuse me about what a psychopath is, and just there's so many different genres of psychopaths. I we didn't really even scratch the surface of different types. So. Yeah. So that's for another episode. Yeah, take a look. Buy that DSM five. Put it on your coffee table. It's a good time always. Yeah. <laughs> and please stay interesting. Please do.